Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. So we're going to be talking about how healing your inner child can make you be a better parent, can help you be a better parent, but it's not just to be a better parent, it's to be a better partner, a better mother, a better father, better daughter, sister, whatever it is for you. Just healing your inner child in general is so beneficial to so many people, not, you know, just for yourself. And I want to talk a little bit about how I was able to break a cycle, a, a limiting belief cycle, I guess you can say, or a trauma cycle, a generational curse with my daughter. Because having my daughter at 14 and being such a young mother and, you know, being a kid, raising a kid, I obviously didn't know what I was really doing at that age. And now looking back and being able to see like, wow, if I would have kept that going, a whole new generation would have been raised with the same limiting beliefs, same trauma cycle that I was raised with. And the funny thing about trying to break trauma cycles is that as you're trying to break them, if you're not aware of it, you know, you might you might be like saying like, oh, I don't want to be like my parents. I would never be like my mom, my dad. I would never be in a relationship like theirs or I would never act like them. And you try to do everything to avoid being and putting your kids in the same situation in some way, shape, form, you end up repeating the cycle over again because of your subconscious mind. So I want to show you guys and tell you guys about how I was able to catch myself in a cycle and how I broke it. So again, being a kid, raising a kid, something that I really wanted to give my daughter was toys. I really wanted to make her feel happy. And for me, I remember I lacked, not that I lacked a lot of money, um, we we're pretty financially stable, but it was very limited. Like we were making it, but barely making it. Like I didn't miss out on a lot, but I would often compare myself to my cousins because of their relationships with their parents and what they got for Christmas. And it was just a lot that I used to compare myself a lot to. And so when I had my daughter, I told myself, okay, I'm going to give her everything so she's not missing anything. Because for me, I thought that how I would fill the void that I felt was through material, you know, materialistic gain. I thought that if I had the shoes and the toys and the things that I wanted, that I would be happy. And obviously that's not the case. But in my thought process, being 14, that's what I thought it was. So... I used to shower her with gifts. Like, I'm telling you guys, for Christmas, she had like six, seven, eight gifts to unwrap. For her birthday, she had a lot of gifts to unwrap. She always had new clothes. She always had shoes. She always had so much material, you know, a lot of materialistic things. And I started to notice that throughout the years and before I had my um, spiritual awakening, I began to notice like I felt this block with her like I couldn't be vulnerable with her I couldn't show her my true emotions I couldn't show her how I truly felt like it was just weird and I love my daughter so much she is my everything she is my backbone she is my just I love her so so much she's really my best friend and she's so much like me like she is literally my mini me and I would do anything for her but during that time I began to notice it was really hard for me to just feel the love like I felt it but I didn't feel it and maybe some of you guys can relate maybe some of you guys can but it was getting hard for me to really just 
get in touch with my emotions and feel it and embrace the moment and be in the moment. I don't know why it was just happening. And I started to notice that. And then when I had my spiritual awakening, I really noticed it. And I really seen like, okay, why does it feel like there's some resistance here? Like, why is there a block here? Why am I not able to open up? Why isn't she able to open up? What is happening here? And so I began to realize that I was the spitting image of the way that my parents raised me. My dad, especially. My dad, he is a hard worker. He still is a very hard worker. He's he's so loyal to his family and his jobs. And he's such a giving person. And growing up, he wasn't able to be there for me emotionally. Not the way that I needed it. Not the way that as a kid that I always seeked for him to be there. And again, I always compared the relationship with my dad to the one that um, my cousins had with their parents and my friends had with their parents. And I always felt like I needed so much more from him. But I also now I understand that my dad grew up out of survival. Like he didn't have the love to give because he didn't know how to give it. It wasn't for him to give. And I understand that now. So I don't hold that against him. But he used to always show us love through gifts, through money. On our birthdays, we would always get money and, um, you know, cool. You know, as a kid, like money, cool. But there was so much more that I wanted. And so I started when I had my daughter, I was like, well, I'm going to be the opposite of my parents. So, but I wasn't thinking about the money aspect. I was just thinking, I want to give them more I want to give her more of what I didn't have. And in that moment, I thought that it was money. I thought that I would be happy if I had my own room, if I had just the things that kids want, right? And so I was able to break that cycle. I started seeing, okay, what is stopping me here? How can I be a better parent? How can I break that cycle of me being the spitting image of my parents and how they raised me. And so I started going deep within myself. And the more that I heal myself, the happier that I got, the more that I started to dissolve all of these limiting beliefs that I had about myself, I stopped projecting that onto my daughter. And recently, like two days ago, I seen this post that someone said, you don't have to be a perfect parent. You just have to be a happy one. And that holds so much truth because you're never going to be perfect, right? Raising a kid, you're never going to be perfect. No matter how good of a parent you are and how amazing you are for your kid and how much you are there for them, there's always a blind spot. You're, every single kid is going to grow up with trauma, with certain beliefs, certain limiting beliefs, and it's up to them to dissolve it. It's up to them to take the tools that they have received throughout their life and apply it to see if it works for them or if it doesn't work for them. And I think that's what we're lacking a lot is we lack the tools that we provide for our kids to be able to maneuver themselves throughout the world. I think that what we do so often is we tell our kids, you have to be strong. You have to be independent. You have to, you know, stand up for yourself and um, protect yourself in this way because people are like this and people are like that. But we don't teach them how to be gentle. We don't teach them how to be soft, how to be open, how to put those walls down instead of building them up we don't teach them how to let the wall down let the ego go and be more soulful be more full of joy to allow their inner child to stay with them rather than suppressing it and something that I've learned with healing myself and 
going on my own journey is that the more that I'm able to point out my limiting beliefs, I can stop projecting them onto her, right? Because if you're a parent, you know that. Or, you know, even if you're not a parent, if you grew up with a parent who consistently pushed their dreams onto you, right? Being a person who comes from a family who were immigrants, you have to go to college, you um, have to get a degree or else you're not going to be anything. You have to pursue this dream. And they pushed their dreams onto us. Most people, most parents push their dreams onto their kids instead of allowing their kids to explore avenues. And it becomes, it's usually out of fear. It's different when it's out of love and, you know, suggestions and giving them advice. But a lot of us, we tend to force this idea, force our beliefs, our religion onto our kids instead of allowing them to explore what's going to work for them. And a lot of that, again, stems from fear. So you're consistently repeating that cycle, consistently repeating all of the trauma and putting the all of the trauma onto your kids. If you are someone who had a very bad childhood and you had a very bad experience in middle school, you'll probably push onto your kids that middle school is very traumatic, that you have to stick up for yourself. You can't have friends. People are fake. People do this. People do that. You always have to be on the lookout. And they start operating out of survival mode. And seeing what is happening in the world right now, right? Seeing how there's just so much going on. It's like you're consistently being thrown so many things in our way, right? This is happening. That's happening. A shooting, a bombing, like all of these different things. Where does that all stem from? It can be easy to blame a president. It can be easy to blame Congress, to blame guns, to blame whatever. But I think that it all comes down to childhood, right? Like, all of the trauma that we've experienced is from our childhood. Everything that we're currently going through right now is because of our childhood. People who are out here murdering, nuking other countries, trying to take territory, who are out here murdering women, murdering men, murdering children, doing all of these like crazy things to other people. It's because of our childhood. There are certain emotions that were in process that are being pushed onto other people. And it's not to justify what people are doing, right? It's not to justify like, oh, he had a horrible life. That's why he went into school and he shot up his school. It doesn't justify it. But you have to know where that stemmed from, right? What are the roots to that? We need to see like, what is causing people to participate in these acts that are destroying our planet as a society? Like as a society, what are we lacking? And I think that what we are lacking is a foundation for a child to grow up in a safe environment. A lot of people, a lot of kids don't grow up in safe environments. A lot of us didn't grow up in safe environments. We always had to work out of that survival instinct. We probably didn't have parents who were there. Um, maybe they did, but just weren't emotionally available because they had their own shit that they had to go through. And again, because they had to, um, you know, because they weren't, they were kind of avoiding their inner child or they had unprocessed emotions that they are still dealing with to this day. They couldn't be there to raise a kid. And we're raising so many kids in unstable households. And again, that's why I think it's like, it all stems from that. It all stems from raising kids in a stable household and being a single parent. I know that I want my next relationship to be so stable. Like I, me healing my inner child has allowed me to keep to myself, to only date, to marry. And I know that's just my beliefs. It's not to push it onto people. But being someone who's sexually active at a very young age and having no self-worth, 
thinking that I had to do certain things to be loved and to be accepted and to just feel worthy, even though it did the complete opposite for me. I don't want to do that again. So by me healing you know, my inner child and by me doing this self-development journey and participating in it and having those boundaries and just working on my shadow side not only has reflected in the relationship that I have with my daughter, but it's reflected in my relationships. I've been celibate for years and it's been the best decision that I've ever made, to be honest. Like being celibate is so amazing. It's so powerful. <laughs> I told my friend the other day how long I've been celibate and she was like, girl, you are powerful. I'm like, really? Like it doesn't feel that hard because it's just really like for me to get into bed with you like I have to be emotionally connected to you like I have to be attracted to you mentally not just um you know physically but emotionally mentally and um it was just funny like seeing her reaction because a lot of women can't participate in that and going into that um you know abortions right here in the U.S. abortions have been you know that right has been taken away from a woman and Again, I'm the type of person where I can stand in the middle of, a, of point of views like this and beliefs like this, right? Because I have two different sides to this and I am pro-choice. I'm pro-choice, but this is what I understand, okay? Stemming from my beliefs, right? It doesn't have to be everyone else's beliefs, but from my belief, I don't think that a fetus has conscious awareness. I don't think that a fetus has a soul. And that's just from my beliefs and um, a lot of the research that I've done from people and books like Dolores Cannon. She talks a lot about this. And I think that having an abortion is something that is a very hard decision to make. I know people personally who have made those types of decisions and it still haunts them. It's still something that they feel in their heart and, and it's something that they struggle with on a consistent basis but I think that that's probably their part of the journey like who am I to tell you what your journey is and what to do with your body and how you've been informed like who am I to tell you right but I also I'm not the type of person where I'm gonna say like oh pro killing babies right because I understand maybe it is a person maybe it is um does have a soul maybe it is um consciously aware of what's happening I don't know but one of my biggest values and my highest values is freedom I value freedom because going coming into this world we have free will right that's the only thing that we truly really really have is free will even though we're giving certain cards and our life plays out in a certain way you still have free will to make choices decisions based on whatever information that you currently have and to have that taken away is what makes me pro pro-choice because I think that having the option to choose is something that I'm always going to stand by across the entire board I don't care for what it is I think that having the option to choose is something that we deserve as humans the options to choose and regardless of what your beliefs are I don't think it's fair to put your beliefs onto me I don't think it's fair for you to tell me that your beliefs and your religion is what I should believe on because that is not my choice. That's your choice in the way that you want to view the world. And I know that there are a lot of people who are insecure in this world who feel like they need to 
push their beliefs onto other people to make themselves feel secure about what they believe in. But that's just not how I operate. I understand that there are a lot of different religions, a lot of different beliefs, and that's fine. Like, believe in what you want to believe. Stick to what you want to believe, but don't force other people to believe what you want, what you believe, because it makes you feel comfortable, right? Like, there are so many different lives here, right? We have 7 billion people on this planet. So many people are experiencing completely different realities, and you can't possibly try to fit your narrative onto other people because, again, it makes you comfortable. So, I will always be pro choice, I will always be about freedom across the entire board. Now, with that being said, again, I do understand why it's happening and what that process is looking like, but I can't go into this world seeing everything that's happening and making it something negative. And what I took from this whole situation that I've now that I've sat with it, I'm seeing it choosing to see it from a different perspective because maybe it is going to be overturned. Maybe this is only going to last a little while, I hope, but seeing it from a different perspective, maybe it's going to be a change in direction, that shift that we need for people to stop having that, um, the hookup culture, right? The hookup culture is so bad. And I know that sex isn't just to reproduce, it's to have pleasure. And if that's something that makes you happy and that's what you do, do what you got to do. What makes you happy makes you happy, right? But if you're someone who's currently struggling with finding happiness and you're consistently seeking that in a partner you're consistently trying to find happiness in another person that is when it becomes a problem and I think it's become so easy for us to think of sex as just something that happens and it's just for pleasure and it is but I think it's become it's OD right it's it's overdone and I know this because I've been there being someone who was sexually active at a very young age I've been there I understand where this is coming from. I have friends who are dealing with this, who are in that hookup scene and feel depressed, feel sad, feel alone. So from my perspective, I'm like, okay, well, if this is happening, maybe it's happening for a reason. Maybe it's in, you know, the cards for us for a reason. And for me, I just think that we're maybe moving in a direction where more people have, you know, make more conscious decisions and not based out of that void that they're trying to fill or based off of trying to receive that pleasure that instant pleasure and then coming back to being drained the next day coming back to being depressed and upset and lonely and feeling all of these emotions that they were feeling before but now 10 times worse so for me personally I think that maybe it is something that's taking us in the right direction because we do need more parents to be there for their kids the kids that we're currently raising right now are going to grow up one day and they're going to go out into society and we need more kids who know how to process their emotions, who know how to speak up, who know how to feel safe within themselves, who know how to handle rejection, who know how to stand up for themselves but for the people around them, who are not afraid of showing their beliefs but not feeling insecure enough to force it down other people's throats. People and kids who have more empathy for one another I think that's something that's missing so much but especially knowing how to process their emotions and handling rejection because that's those are conversations I never had when I ask my friends those are conversations they've never had with other people most people don't have those conversations with their kids and again it's because most parents 
are operating out of survival mode. Most parents work nine to fives and they don't have enough time to be there for their kids because they don't even have enough time to be there for themselves. That's why I'm saying we're going to experience a cultural shift, but it all starts with healing your inner child. Even if you don't have kids right now, healing your inner child will make you a better partner. It will make you a better person. A lot of the people who are out here committing murders that are bombing countries, that are shooting up schools, that are doing all of these just crazy acts of hatred, were once kids who were most likely raised in an environment that was not stable. They were probably experienced some traumatic ass events and again it doesn't justify what they do i'm just saying it all stems from childhood so if we can start building families where both parents are emotionally available and know how to respond instead of react and not you know not saying that they have to be perfect or you have to be perfect to raise a happy kid but being able to process your own trauma, being able to show vulnerability to your kids, apologize to your kids when you're wrong and allowing kids to learn and to show up and to tell you how they're feeling without you completely shutting them down because you're the grown up or because of whatever trauma was passed down to you and how things need to be because that's just how things need to be. When you're able to see how you've been operating and not just the aspects of yourself that you're aware of. Like, oh, I'm aware that I get ticked off easily. I'm aware that I get mad at this or I get mad at that or I respond like this. It's the things that we not, we're not aware of. It's the things that are in our shadow, the things that we're consistently doing and acting out of because that's how we were raised and that's the system that we're on. But being able to see that aspect of ourselves and dissolve it or just even being able to become aware of those aspects it allows us to become better parents because when we allow ourselves to process our emotions, when we allow ourselves to speak up and to apologize and to be wrong and to be right and just to handle life the way that it is, we allow our kids to do that. We teach our kids how to do that. We give them the tools on how to do that. So I guess this is just a friendly reminder to remember that your reality is a reflection of what you're thinking. Everything that you believe, you perceive. Everything that is happening in your mind, all of the thoughts that you have on a consistent basis will be reflected and manifested back to you in this reality that you're currently experiencing. It only takes one generation to completely shift the world that we're in. So it all starts with our kids. If we allow ourselves to heal, if we stop projecting all of our fears onto our kids, onto our partners, onto everyone that we come into contact with maybe things can start changing things can start shifting and we can just allow ourselves to grow and to create a safe space for ourselves but that is it thank you guys so much for tuning in if you agree let me know if you disagree let me know we can have a healthy discussion about it and that is it i'll see you guys on my next episode